Hello and welcome to Win the Middle. We're about to dive into a conversation that may very well redefine the way you see your next decade. In every stage of life, we encounter changes, challenges and opportunities for growth. But when it comes to midlife, why does it always seem to come with a crisis? And more importantly, how can we make these middle years our best years? My name is Jeff and my co-host Greg and I have come together around a shared passion for personal growth, training and yes, triathlon. Jeff is the Head of Employee Experience and Capability at Macquarie Bank. And Greg is the CEO and co-founder of Education Disruptor Creatable. We're here to pull the curtain back and reveal that midlife isn't an end or a crisis, but a thrilling new chapter, ripe with opportunities for transformation and discovery. So buckle up. It's time to welcome the experience, the wisdom, and the potential of your middle years. Let's win the middle. This week, uh, struggle to juggle. Um, we thought maybe we cover some of the choices we make and the tactics we're deploying to move from that struggle to juggle. But it occurs to me that this is episode four for us. Each episode has really been born out of a struggle that we've been through. And that is to say, We've struggled, we've had to go away, we've had to do work in order to be better. Um, but even then, it's, it's never been set and forget and we have to keep working on it. But on this topic, I wonder if you, Greg, have a story of struggle or where you feel like you haven't quite got the balance right and which has galvanized you to make change. Um. I really struggle with uh, sort of being versus doing. Um, so mm. I feel fulfilled, really fulfilled when I'm producing, progressing, achieving, creating. Mm. Um, I like movement, motion, momentum. Um, and even in my rest and sort of recreation, recreation um, I, I'll choose to do things like, you know, write a song or go for a long ride. Like a, a lot of a lot of my parenting interactions are in and around activities, you know, like doing stuff with the kids, taking them to their kind of things. Um, and what I'm really bad at uh, is the no agenda, non-doing time, sort of AKA being. Hmm. Um uh, I can get overwhelmed too, um, with all this stuff that like is on my plate and that I've got to do. Um, and I guess I think I'm learning that the antidote to overwhelm isn't better planning. It's no agenda, non-doing time. Uh, mm. and I think the phrase that, um, I really like is this idea of like wasting time. Well, mm. um, so for me, yeah, like lying down in the sun on a towel at the beach. I guess I could have said sun baking, but it makes me sound a little bit vain. Um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but like, you know, that that is like ideal kind of no agenda, non-doing time for me, but I find it so hard to prioritize things like that. Um, and then with the kids, like what does sort of being dad look like versus doing dad, you know, like what is mm. Being with my daughters look and feel like in a way that's like no agenda, non-doing, just sort of being dad. So mm. um, you, you shared the John Lennon quote with me that said, um, time you enjoy wasting is not wasted time. And that's just a huge area of development for me. So um, I, I really struggle with the, the balance. Uh, or not, I really struggle with just bringing more being time into my life um what about you that's interesting uh, where, as i just 
people might not know, but as you talk, I often write notes, uh, and then that helps with my social media posts during the week. Um, <laughs> and I was just, as I was writing down things there, it occurred to me we've probably got a couple of more episodes just out of that little monologue there, being dad, doing dad, rest. For me, where I've struggled to get the balance right I think it has often started with this concept in my mind that I have to do everything at 100%. Hmm. And unless I'm doing everything at 100%, then that's not success and that's not balance. Um, Wow. So, yeah, I think that's kind of where it's maybe started for me. But, yeah, those times where I felt like I'm, I'm not nailing anything, I'm not nailing home life, I'm not nailing work life, I'm not training as much as I'd want to do, I, I don't have time for rest and play. Um, I think it's it's kind of been born of that um, thought process that all of the dials need to be out of 10, 10 out of 10. Yeah, well. Um, but that's kind of forced I- all these reflections of, well, you know, principles to live by and whatnot that I thought maybe we could kind of share how we kind of do that either you know mindsets or particular tactics and strategies that have been useful hey um you know it's it's fine i just want to jump in off that for a second um that's like all or nothing is often a, a a way of thinking that often gets celebrated you know like um yep uh or popularized but um uh at least according to um uh my psychologist and 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 whatnot it's considered like an an unhelpful thinking style um Mm. uh and it makes me think uh of uh i really like leonardo da vinci um uh and one of his kind of artworks um is this thing called the vitruvian man um it's like a famous illustration sort of depicting like the perfect proportions of a human being uh, as defined by um, sort of geometric and mathematical ratios. Um, Mm. So uh, everyone's probably seen it before. Um, It's like pretty famous. Um, And the other nickname for that artwork is the the proportionate man. Um, uh, and it's this, it's like kind of developing everything sort of like in, in proportion. And it just made me think like that sort of all or nothing mentality is like, I've, I've got to kind of be all in all the time. Um, I, I don't know if it, if, if it's conducive to this idea of, um, progressing in a way that is kind of in proportion, you know, like all things kind of developing and growing kind of in proportion kind of with each other. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's more just like, it's just sort of an interesting thing, um, to reflect on, um, in a world where we, yeah, where everyone feels like they need to specialize and focus and kind of go all in on one thing. Um, what does it mean to have range and to develop proportionately? Um, yeah, like uh, I, I would often sort of say things like if you don't have more than three priorities, then you don't have priorities. But then I think our coach sort of responded to me once when I said that and said, yeah, but the best meals have more than three ingredients. Um, and so – yeah, I don't know. It's this is all just kind of food for thought, I guess. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know how helpful kind of being all or nothing kind of is. Um, mm-hmm. And the topic of this is moving from struggle to juggle. And I guess uh, I think it'd be nice to unpack in this conversation what sort of um, balance or, or or developing kind of multiple areas of life in proportion with each other kind of looks like uh yeah that's all just i'm just sort of reflecting and riffing off of of what you're saying yeah and i think you've just given me the image for uh, my first instagram post of the proportionate <laughs> man um 
So I thought before we maybe like talk about some of the the tactics um, and how we think about balance, you referred to me as Mr. Bank during the week and I, I do gravitate towards analysis and this pure mathematical approach. Something that occurred to me is that we've got 24 hours in the day, 168 hours in a week and we make choices with that time. And so if I run an audit on a weekday for myself with 24 hours to split, I allocate eight hours to sleep, 12 hours for work and travel. So I've got to commute into to work. And therefore, I'm left with four hours for everything else. Eating, wow. showering, family time, training, theoretically relaxing. It's just when you start to do the maths, it's not that much time and it immediately shows you that unless you're deliberate with your choices, um, some things are just not going to happen. And Mm. I think looking at it critically like that also forces you to manipulate the schedule. So for me, um, you know, I could work from home immediately. I've stolen two hours of travel time back or I could, better use my train time to get some work done or, you know, have some time for me, you know, when I have my lunch break, do I work through it or do I head out and and get a run in? Do I mindlessly sit in front of the TV at night or could I train instead or, or even do some mobility in front of the, in front of the TV? Like I think it starts, you start to think more critically about, the choices you make when you look at that from a just a pure mathematical perspective and so if I run then an audit um, alongside that basic maths and I think about where are all the dials positioned on the key areas of my life then I can start to think well which one's lower than I would like to be and make some choices to dial that up and I would say those four categories for me are relationships, being family and friends. Um, second category would be work, money, and career. Third category would be health and fitness. And fourth category would be rest and relaxation across my hobbies and my passion and my fun. Even sitting here doing this podcast for an hour is a choice, right, in that 24-hour window. So if you think about that construct, um, and those categories, if you like those categories, um, how well do you feel like that you've got those dials balanced and, and when you reflect on it in such a way, do you think, oh, actually maybe some of those dials I should be tinkering with? What do you, what do you think of that as a, just a, a Mr. Bank, pure maths approach looking at this? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's – I love you being Mr. Bank right now. It's awesome. Um, it's not a side I often get to see. Um, I um, – I, uh, it's quite confronting, is it, when you think about a, a 24-hour day because, yeah, there's not a lot of time left. Um, uh, and if I – I did an audit, but I, I sort of ordered my hours over the, the course of a week. Um, and most of it was spent sort of in the getting through the days, getting stuff done, taking the kids to their activities, training, getting my stuff ready, commuting, working. Like it's it's all in the like the, all, it's it's it gets taken up by all the stuff I have to do. Um, and so my biggest challenge, and I'd said this sort of before, is how do I fit in more being time and in a in amongst all the doing so yeah being dad not just doing dad being a husband not just doing husband jobs like that's um if i had a dial that was way down at the moment it's um it's that it's um it's it's probably more on the just being with people, relationships, being with my kids, um, 
rest and relaxation that that that's the stuff that um i i don't tend to do super well or prioritize unfortunately yeah that that's interesting when i hear you talk like that because i'm like oh i'm like really cutting it up on a numerical basis and almost like determining is this the right number or not but yours almost takes away the numbers and, and it's not performance-based and it's just time and space uh, with people and with yourself. Um, it's, it's funny the way that our brains operate completely differently, just as you say that. It's, um, it's an interesting part of the conversations we have. But it reminds me of something one of my brothers said to me once, which is he said, Jeff, you have no margin in your life. And I was like, that is very true. I pack every 24 hours to 24 hours. And so when something goes wrong, there's no margin. I thought it was a super interesting observation um, from him. But um, yeah. Um, yeah, margin's a super interesting word because um, creativity happens in the margins, right? You, you think about when you're at uh, primary school you know, you had your little A4 or, or A5 booklet and you did all your work, all your writing um, sort of on the page, but it was in the margin that you would sort of doodle and 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 draw little pictures and, you know, like it, and, and that's sort of true for life. Like a lot of our generative, expansive thinking uh, and probably like our best ideas and our most, um, yeah, maybe, maybe sort of low effort, high impact, uh, endeavors are probably going to happen in the margin or when we have margin. And so, um, I think the challenge for people like you and I is how do we create space for margin? Um, uh, and, you know, I guess I, I have a bit, this is a hard conversation for me because I don't love the word balance. Um, uh, I don't know if giving everything equal measure is a smart strategy. Um, I, I really like this saying in relation to um, like, like business, like your fully exploited strengths are of far greater value to an organization than your marginally improved weaknesses. Yep. Um, and, and so I, I, I take that and go like, what are the high value parts of my life? Um, and I prioritize those and I invest there. And so I, I'm, I'm uneven in my energy distribution, like on purpose. So yep. for me, work, health, family, like not in that order, um, other high value parts of my life. Um, so I, I invest most of my time there. Um, maybe, maybe rest too. Um, there's probably other things in my life that I'm good at or enjoy like music for instance, but I, I wouldn't consider it like high value. So it sort of only gets like a quarantined part of my time. Um, and that's just because there's, we just can't do everything. There's just too like, when you talk about a 24 hour day and the fact that you've only got four hours left for everything else, it's pretty clear that we actually don't have time to do everything that we need and want to do. Um, so, um, if you can't do everything, um, sometimes we've got to sacrifice the good so that we've got margin for the great. Yep. And uh, I reckon that's a really good segue into, maybe a, a bit of a pivot here to talk about principles to live by. Um, and I've, I've written down a bunch of them and I know you've got probably others that you'd add. But the first one I had written down is a saying, everything you say yes to, you say no to something else. Uh, mm. I, I heard that from a lady named Lisa Stevenson at a conference. And so an example of that would be as something as simple as say on a Monday when we're at the pool and we finish our set at 7 p.m., if, if I choose to hang around and have a bit of a chat, um, I'm saying yes to having 
a chat with some of my squad mates, but I'm actually saying no to being at home and helping the kids get bathed and into bed and reading books and etc. Um, so that's my first principle. Everything you say yes to, you say no to something else. Yeah. Um, it makes me think of a, um, a tool that I've used in the past to, uh, reflect on like a quarter. It's, it's called the four L's. Um, I actually heard it from, uh, a, a, a colleague, uh, not a colleague, but like a work kind of acquaintance, uh, a guy called Dom Price at Atlassian. Um, he, it's called the four L's. Um, and it's this sort of framework that, that he uses to review uh, or retro um, like an, a quarter or a 90-day period. And it's the four L's stand for like what did you love, what did you long for, what did you loathe, and what did you learn? And the interesting thing is um, you can't add a longed for into your kind of future unless you take out a loathed because we're all full. Like we don't, we don't have any more capacity to just keep adding stuff in. So mm. it's just a cool thing to think about. Like when you say everything that you say yes to, you say no to something else. When you think about all the things that you long for uh, in life that you want to add into your life, you can't actually do that unless you take out some things that you loathe. Um, and so that might be an interesting sort of reflection to do sometimes just reflect on a quarter and go, what did I love doing? Like, what did I feel like was my superpower? What did I really long for? What did I loathe doing? And then, and what did I learn? And, and knowing that the, the, the longed for and the loathes are, are in competition with each other for your time. And I think even harder than that is when you've got something you love or you loathe, so something you love or you long for, which are also potentially in competition with each other too. Um, yeah. Like that's even even harder, like if you can't cut out some of the, the loathe, but that would make sense as the, the first pace. Um, the second principle I had, uh, which I know will resonate with you, is win the morning, win the day. <laughs> Like I reckon if you get me time first thing in the morning and for you and I that's probably a little bit of training, um, you've got your fit, health and fitness activity in, you've got your, your little chemical hit and I just feel like whatever happens in the day, if stuff gets out of control, things blow up that I need to solve for, I've still got that little bit of time to myself and I don't feel as like much of a victim about the way that the day played out if if I yeah, won the morning. Wow. That's cool. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I think about it a little bit differently to you in the sense that I think it's because I, I get so fulfilled and sort of motivated by challenge. Um, I, I, use, I use the phrase um, like do the hardest thing first. Yep. And so which is my version of me time, right? That's kind of how. Um, uh, a little kind of, uh, I'm not going to self, um, deprecate. I don't need to. Um, but yeah. Um, so like I fully believe that the mornings are the engine room of life. Um, and, and I, you, I often try and use that time to sort of do the hardest thing first. So for me, um, uh, uh, the hardest thing a lot of the time is, is the training session, you know? Uh, and so I, I do try and exercise in the morning, um, when I can, but it even applies to like when I get to work and what have I got on for the day? Um, again, there's more th things on my to-do list, uh, than I have the capacity to sort of do in a day. So stuff's going to not get done. And so I, I try and find a just make make sure I just tackle the hardest thing first. So if I only get one thing that day, it was um it was sort of the the one that was most challenging and probably most important and most valuable. Um and so yeah. And I think I think too like um when you say like 
uh, win the morning, win the day, prioritize me time before other things. Um, it can feel or seem a bit selfish. Um, and I think there's a real difference between uh, self-care and selfish. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they can feel the same to somebody else, but the motive is very different. And so I would say that selfish is me first without regard for you, uh, but self-care is me first for you mm. so like like the the best thing that i can be for you is healthy um uh and so yeah so for me um there's a real tension there when you put yourself first like that uh it can appear selfish um but if the motive is i'm putting me first for you um rather than me first without regard for you I, th I think then I think you're in sort of safe territory. It's the airline analogy. Apply your own what? mask first. Yeah. Yeah. Put yep. your own. Yeah. There's a reason why we put our own oxygen mask on first, right? Because yeah. we're not much good to others. Um, if we're not, if we're not healthy, uh, ourselves, Agreed. have you got any other, uh, any other little strategies? Mate, I've got, a, I've got a full list, but I actually, you actually ticked one off there, so I've removed that, which was I have, as a work strategy, eat the frog, which is, oh, yeah, the do, do, the, do the hardest thing, the thing you don't want to do first because uh, it feels so good to get that out of the way. Um, so we've covered that. Um, it kind of, a, I won't dwell on this one, but I had an old coach who said everyone gets an hour every day and I think his point there was like that's not selfish to the point you're just making that is um, investing in yourself so you can be better for others um, going back to balance and you covered this a little bit before and uh, I, I guess I want to double down on what you were saying is that for me balance if you want to have balance I think it can be over a longer time horizon than a single day or week mm. meaning it's really fine to go all in on something for a period of time, particularly where it's for a good purpose and you're motivated by it and you have like a plan to um, kind of normalize um, whatever other period aspects of your life have maybe been deprioritized. But I think people can get really hung up on this idea of like maybe eight square hours of eight hours for work, eight hours for sleep, eight hours for play that, kind of a concept and when when it goes out of those bounds they get upset about it so i i i'm with you on that maybe balance and and equal proportions is not the way to look at things hmm. yeah if we use the concept of juggling uh, I don't think all this, all the balls, they're not all the same size, right? And they're not all the same weight. And I think that's what makes juggling life so hard. Um, uh, oh, oh, we should say this because I think this sort of analogy um, kicked off uh, the this kind of whole kind of topic and conversation, but... I heard it said once, and I can't remember who said it, that the key to juggling life is to not drop the same ball two days in a row. Um, uh, it's impossible to keep kind of all the balls in the air at the same time. Something has to give. Balls will be dropped. Um, and if I, say, drop a dad ball today um, because I had to sort of prioritise work and maybe I prioritise training – then tomorrow I make sure I don't drop the dad ball again. Um, yep. Maybe tomorrow I drop the work ball or I drop the training ball um, because neglect is cumulative, right? If we keep dropping the same ball day in and day out, like that one part of our life will deteriorate. And I think for men, and, and I say that as a generalization because maybe I think I notice the propensity in me Um it's easy to drop the health ball or the marriage ball regularly. Um, and I think the consistent neglect of, of one or two areas of our life can, can lead to like irreversible consequences. So um, uh, uh, 
yeah, like getting through the day, like shifting your perspective from like getting through the days, getting on the grinds, like that's just struggling um, to um, let's not drop the same ball two days in a row. Um, that's, that's different. That's sort of juggling. And, and I think it sort of shifts our mindset to go, um, we can actually invest in all things proportionately in an imperfect way and that's okay Mm. yeah that's good that's practical and actionable i like that and and to add to that i would say it's a really good idea preaching to myself here to discuss your thinking and your plans with your family and like take make sure they're part of your team and take them on the adventure with you and um for, for me and Kylie, uh, we will regularly sit down and um, look at kind of the annual plan of where we intend to do things. If, if it's in relation to my, say, race goals, I'll articulate, you know, where I'm going to be really kind of knuckling down on my training. Um, if, it, if it's work and I know we've got a busy period coming up, um, just kind of getting that out on the table because I uh, – um, I'm the sole income owner right now and it's really important for me to, to be able to provide financially. But I think um, if there's a void of communication, it, I, my experience is I can start to feel really bad about how I'm allocating my time and not knowing mm. if there's... Um, yeah, if... It, yeah, if it, 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 how the other party's feeling about it. And so I think just discussing that as a team, as a family, as husband and wife, um, yeah, is a really is a really good thing to do that as a practical strategy. Yeah, I love that. Have you ever like done anything like um, like develop like a family charter or anything like that? Like a like a manifesto or a uh, uh, a, a little piece of writing that sort of summarizes the the values and beliefs of your household. Yeah, we have, um, and it's and it's and it's three three words: um, passion, kindness, and gratitude. I think I might have covered okay. that on a prior episode, but but yeah. you're right. Like that's the compass for us. Um, you know, are we are we passionate and excited about the adventure we're on? If not. Um, we've got a decision to make, you know, are we being kind with people? Um, that's regularly something that we're saying to Zeke when he goes to school, did you have an opportunity to be kind today? I'm not sure I told you that story, but we've got these legends across the road from us, uh, who've been really cool neighbors and they've taken a real interest in the kids and they take them to school. And on, on day one, um, the dad stopped and said to the kids, um, now remember today is an opportunity to be kind and that was his parting like sign off and it was just I wasn't there Kylie played it back to me because she was dropping Zeke off and I was like that is awesome um, <laughs> and so we kind of stole that one um, I've always had that as a as a value but for us as a family that's what we want to be known known for um and then gratitude, just grateful for all the good things we've got. So yeah, that's that's our compass. Do you have one? Yeah, we we did like a family charter. Um, so it's actually it's it's in our kitchen. It's printed out. Like I sort of designed something up. Uh, it's sort of like a a list of phrases that sort of summarise maybe beliefs and values of our household. And again, when you talk about coming back to uh, sort of a set of values to make decisions. We can do that individually, like as as men, but so many of our decisions affect our family. And so mm-hmm. we, yep. we need to be able to come back to maybe something that we believe as a family in order to make family decisions. And so this is maybe a little vulnerable of me, but, but I, I, I'll read our family charter. Um, so this ha- hangs up in our kitchen. Go. I love um, this. We've, uh, yeah, so health is our priority and fitness is our hobby. 
Uh, our quality of life doesn't take a back seat. Uh, we're entitled to abundance, to live life on our terms. Um, that's important to us because we've had periods in our past where we haven't had that. You know, there's been a lot of scarcity. And so it's hard sometimes to get out of that mindset when you feel like that's like when that's what you're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, um, adults first in marriage and money. Um, should is banned. Could is better. So should is often backward facing, like what should we do? Um, whereas could is much more open and future facing, like what could we do? Um, so we try and we even when with the kids, we try and not use should language, but could language. Uh, show respect or walk away. Um, friends for where we're going, not where we've been. Uh, cultivate. So these sort of next to apply to parenting, like cultivate leadership, uh, encourage resilience. Um, my purpose is how I show up every day. Uh, a career is right conditions over right path. Uh, being planted is better than being used. So that sort of speaks to this idea that environment matters more than function. Um, our place in the world has more to do with relationships than causes. Um, prioritize input over output. Uh, wisdom is being led by a North Star, not a whisper. And new energy comes from new expectations. So, like, there's a lot there, but mm. we, we often find ourselves kind of just in conversations and decision-making, going back to sort of these beliefs uh, or these, you know, values, and, and it's helpful. Like, it, hel- it helps us decide what to prioritize sort of, day to day and and week in and week out. So having like a family charter is kind of cool if, um, yeah, if you haven't done that. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love the detail in that. I think that's something that would be awesome for us to build out as our kids get older and can comprehend it. Um, The next one came from a podcast that I sent you this week. It was um, one of the Dr. Emily episodes from the imperfects and she spoke about harmony versus truth and i definitely lean strong um on harmony but and that and that quite often looks like you know putting aside my own needs just to preserve harmony and and please and those kinds of things but what can come from that is like resentment Hmm. um and so I think it's really, again, important to, for me to use my words around like what do I need um, and quite often people will come to me and ask for certain things and they can on face value sound like really cool things and things I'd love to do but with the scarcity of time, I need to decide if that's going to be in my priorities and, and she gave a really helpful tip which was when something really good comes along, you can buy some time just by saying, I love the, the sound of that, like give me a bit of time to think about it so that you can reflect on whether or not it's, a, it's the highest use of your time or if it's indeed taking away from something that's high, higher priority to you. Because we, 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 we do see lots of good things that we could be doing, um, but it is going to be taking away from something else. Mm. Mm. I, I'm trying to think of um, you, when you mentioned the, the idea of resentment then, because uh, I think resentment's a very real thing that comes up in households when we talk about, you know, juggling life and trying to fit in time for yourself and mm. all that sort of stuff. I think it was in um, a, a book called... Um, the Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown, where she goes through um, sort of all these different emotions and tries to define them. She talks about resentment and she talks about how uh, envy is actually at the the heart of resentment um, because it's it's not necessarily that I'm resentful that, say, you get to do, like, I'm not resentful of your self-care regime, Jeff. I'm resentful 
that your self care care rage that I don't get that I'm not doing what you're you're doing like like so there's like kind of envy in there um, yeah uh, and and I think it's a really good thing to be mindful of like it particularly uh, look at uh, like. I catch myself sometimes going like, what, what, what am I, like, I'm not a psychologist. Like, what am I talking about here? Like, but <laughs> like, I, I'm just, I'm just talking about this as like just a, a regular dude that's trying to grapple with it in the day to day of life. Right. So uh, I am not an authority, but um, I notice, I guess what I'm learning to do is whenever I notice resentment in me or I notice resentment in people around me, I try and go, where is, what could, is there, what would envy look like right now in this situation? Like, am I envious of the other person or are they envious of something that I get to do that they don't get to do? And it actually helps us maybe have a deeper conversation about what's going on. Yeah. You know what the funny thing is when these scenarios have played out for me? And Kylie might not be thrilled that I'm doing airing my dirty laundry here, <laughs> but um, it's always me, and it's always in my own head. And so many of my needs not being met have been because I've not asked. And when I do ask and voice it, Kylie's always fine with it, or maybe she's not. But at least we got to talk it out. The majority of the time, it's like, oh, you know, I just would have loved to have, you know, spent an extra hour in the surf with the boys. And she's like, why didn't you? I'm like, uh, I probably should have just asked, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I didn't say it. Um, and so that's where, you know, I think it's just craziness. you gotta, you got to use your words, but, you know, this is where we're growing. Right? Another, that use your words, we, we, we haven't done this enough, but we did it once and it worked so well. So we were, we were heading down the coast for a weekend away and, um, we, uh, we did this exercise in the car on the way down where it was like, we, um, defined our expectations for the weekend. So we all went round and said like, what do, what are we expecting? over the weekend. Yeah. And so I, you know, I might've said, oh, I'd love to get a, a run in on Sunday, uh, like a 90 minute run in. And I'd love to be able to do, you know, take the kids to Funland. Like, like I just said a few things that like, I guess if I could do maybe these three or four things, I, it's a, it's a, I'm, I'd be happy. And then, um, <laughs> my, my youngest daughter was like, oh, I'm expecting to go on like a shopping spree or something, like something like way out of the blue that we were totally not going to do. But it was it was good because we were able to have a conversation in the car and all align on expectations. Yeah. Uh, and it meant that when we when we jumped in the car to return home, no one was disappointed because no no one no one left with like unmet expectations because we had a, a conversation about what we were expecting. Mm. And I think, yeah, you know, like when you said use your words, I think it's um I think it's a good thing to do just sort of day to day in life, particularly as we approach weekends, right? Because family time and weekend time's pretty sacred. Um uh and it's like what as a family, what are we expecting this weekend? What are we what, what is each of us expecting like uh, hoping for, expecting, um, and all being aware of that so that we can sort of adjust and align so that sort of so people are kind of getting, you know, either their needs met or they're able to do kind of what they want to do. Um, yeah. Cause so, so, so much disappointment and resentment happens because of unmet expectations. And a lot of the time they're unmet because they're unvoiced. Um, so yeah, anyway, that, that's been a thing. We haven't maybe done it as often as we should, but it's worked in the past when we have done it. That's our homework for this week. I'm going to do that. Okay. Uh, Friday night at the Davis household is movie night. We're going to have a conversation about um, what are our expectations for the weekend? What would we like to do? That's going to be cool. I reckon that's a new, cool. that's, an, that's going to be a new habit. I'm going to add. All right. Um, I've got another one from Old Man Davis, OMD. Piece of wisdom here OMD. for keeping the juggle. And he 
said to me once, what are your non-negotiables? And uh, a lot of OMD wisdom requires thought. And this is one where I was like, what does he mean? And uh, what I think he meant, the, what the, the OMD riddle meant was when things get like really hard, that's when you need to be clear on these are the things that I'm not going to get let slip. And for mm. me, uh, getting to bed at a reasonable hour is like one of the non-negotiables. So mm. I can like overload on work because it, you know, it's busy and I need to, to get my work done and um, whatever else. But at a certain point, I need to log off because I need to get to bed on time because that has this really bad knock-on of if I don't get to bed on time, then I start eating worse, I, I sleep worse, I get more tired, I'm irritable, I'm not thinking as clearly. So for me, like one of the non-negotiables um, became, you know, I have to be in bed before 10 p.m. every night. Like it is, yeah. There would there would be a handful of days where I'm not in bed by 10 p.m. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think the concept of non-negotiables is really good for when things get hard. Yeah, I love that. Um, I, I I'm gonna throw I think a new a new non-negotiable for me that's emerged in the last sort of six months. Um, I'm only just, I'm only going to say one just because it's, it's a funny thing. It's something that we haven't really talked about, but I think it's a big deal for a lot of guys. Um, I, I have a new non-negotiable and that is I don't drink alcohol. Um, now it's not like a suit. Well, yeah, it is actually, um, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with like drinking alcohol in the sense that, um, it's it's never been a, a like any sort of addiction or anything for me. Like I've just enjoyed whiskey in the past, and and um and and would often just sort of have a beer like sort of casually and stuff like that. Um, but with all the sort of training that we're doing, um, I found that it it really messing up the the next morning. You know, like if I had um any sort of alcohol the night before, I just felt slower the next day. It just slowed me up. And and so in the last sort of six months, and, and maybe to be honest with you, maybe there was a bit of time end of last year when I was really overwhelmed and stressed at work. I probably found myself going to Dan Murphy's a little a little too often, uh, like more than normal. So so not at all um uh yeah, more than normal, you know, like maybe once every two weeks instead of once every three months, which is probably what I would normally do. Um, and so um, my G, because I go to the same GP uh, every time, she she sort of knew that this was uncharacteristic of me and just told me to nip it in the butt. And so, um, yeah, I just shifted to like non-alcoholic beers because um, I, I don't mind the feeling of like having a beer at the end of the day, but yeah, so my my new non-negotiable is is I don't drink uh, alcohol. Um, uh, I I I have the the zeros, uh, the Heineken zeros in particular. Um, we're not sponsored by Heineken in any way, so it's not a a, a branded endorsement. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, so for me, um, that's 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 a non-negotiable. Um, I don't yeah, drink. Um, and and I'm in, and I'm enjoying the impact that it's had on my health um it's been massive so yeah yeah funnily enough you're right we haven't spoken about this but i did the same thing middle of last year um i i just noticed that every night i was having a gnt just one but i just was like hang on that's a pattern every single night <laughs> and uh i just was like i'm gonna stop that just to know that i can stop that and then all these like better things came, slept better, felt better in the morning. I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, but yeah. it's, it's like we discuss, uh, discussed on the shred last week. That's my, that's my practice is that I don't. But if I'm at a celebration and I feel like having a rosé, 
I'll have a rosé. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. but, but, uh, but as a practice, yeah, alcohol, no good. I love that. That's awesome. Um, um, I've got an, I've got a weird one for you next. Great. As a principal, pick some things to do a 30% effort on. What? Oh, I, this would kill me. Yeah. Right. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can. I got this but from I get, a, I, an old manager and I was did this when he said this that I had the same reaction you just had. What? What you, can you, you tell me why it's important? Let's talk to me about it. T- tell me the benefit of this activity. So this came at the, a similar time where my brother said, "Dude, you got no margin in your life. This is why everything's uh, this is why you you know you're burning out." And I was, you know, chatting with uh, my old, uh, an old manager, um, Grant Robson, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> he was like, you, you, one of your problems is that you do everything at 120%. Everything has to be beyond perfect. You need to pick a few things to give a 30% effort to. And pick what those things are, but just see what happens. And you know what happened? Like just some things where it was like, yeah, that's not, you know, that's not my highest priority and that person should maybe do it themselves and whatever else. But like here's something just to nudge you along the way, but I'm not putting in any effort to this. All of a sudden, all these good things happen. Like I had more time for the things that actually mattered. Um, that person actually had more space to go away and work it out themselves, um, less requests, you know, for, for inappropriate things started coming, it was a revelation. I encourage you, and maybe this is your homework for the week, is find something oh, to give a 30% effort on. Oh, this is making me squirm. This is, this is so, um, this is a real, this is good. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's what I need to do, but it's, um, I'm going to find this one hard. We can call, we should qualify, right? That you don't want to give a 30% effort on like being a dad, right? No. So like there's some things, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some things you can't really pick. Yeah, you've got, to, you've, you've got to pick the thing that you can give a 30% effort on. But yeah, dadding wouldn't yeah. be one of them. Yeah, no, yeah. So uh, I didn't bring that up because I was saying, I, I needed to know for myself that that was certainly not something that I was going to choose. But I just more wanted to qualify that for everyone else listening that – um. You get to pick, but there are some things that you probably shouldn't pick. Um, yeah. My challenge but, was definitely in a work context and, you know, okay. re- requests and things that would come across the desk. So, yeah. Oh, all right. So does, starts, that mean ne- does that mean next week you're going to ask me – does that mean next week you're going to ask me what I chose and how I went with it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. 30%. Oh, this is going to be hard. All right. That, that was okay. the bit that I'm I loved the most of it. Because if you had said, like, give an 80% effort, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I could do 80. Yeah. 30's low. 30's it's low. Just see how it goes. I think I've got, yeah. All right. That's good. No, it's a good challenge. It's just it's making me sweat thinking about it. Yeah. We're in the right space then. Okay. Okay. Um, my next thought is. Um, it's a mindset one, but coming from a place of agency and thinking I have a level of control over my life and the choices I make as far as where I spend my time, I think that's really important to the juggle and not becoming a victim of like I have to do this thing. This thing. And mm. this came out of you know one of my trips to the psychologist and just <laughs> un- unpacking like – what's the problem here? It's like, I've got to do this and I've got to do this and I've got to do this because of this. And it's like, no, series of choices. And just to really jam home the issue. And I was, I think kind of, you know, talking about work and financial security and um, the security of my job and not wanting to jeopardize that because I'm the sole income earner. And it was, it was in that narrative. She's like, um, but would you be happy to forego where you live and you live in like a tiny shoebox of a unit so long as you had your wife and your family? I'm like, 100%. And she was making an extreme point, right, that you're actually making a choice here. Um, 
and 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 so that concept of um, having agency, believing that you have control over the choices you make, I think is a really important one to feeling like you're getting the juggle right. Hmm. That's good. Agency. I have a, I have a sort of a version of that. Look, it's funny because agency is actually one of my six values. Um, um, do your own thinking, make your own calls, forge your own path. Like that's how I, I would define that. Um, yep. So it's super important to me. But the phrase that comes to mind that I think I've leaned on in the past when things have got really hard is um, I have the resilience to get through anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but I've survived a hundred percent of my bad days. Mm-hmm. And so when, when it's tough and it's hard and I can't see a way forward and I'm feeling super overwhelmed, just coming back to that little whisper that I say to myself, I have the resilience to get through anything. Um, uh, I think helps keep uh, keeps me tethered to a sense of agency um, and not relinquish it uh, where, yeah, you become uh, a, a real victim to everything that's kind of happening around you. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't have really anything else to say on that other than, other than that. Okay. Next one, uh, find joy in the task. And, and I reckon, so this can be, you can apply it to whatever, doing the vacuuming, mowing the lawns. I say, I say those things because I find them highly satisfying. But, you know, I think there's lots of little mundane things that you do during the day that actually um, you, can, you could view it as like a task and unenjoyable or you could actually say, you know what, there's some of this stuff that I actually enjoy and I think that mindset's um, valuable for me. Hmm. It's another one mm. where Kylie and I have had good conversations over the years as far as um, splitting the tasks. Like Kylie does all the cooking and that's for several reasons, um, one of which she's better at it than me. But um, she also – like that's the kitchen. Cooking food is a flow state activity for her. Um, whereas there's other things that she hates doing that I – like actually can can find some joy in the task and so the, having that conversation of the split of tasks is is another one that's been good mm. i um i uh i think about like oh i don't need to say that actually i, I feel like i was going to jam a thought into that that wasn't really connected it's good good <laughs> restraint good restraint correct. um I like that. Find joy in the task. That's yep. good. I reckon I could I could do that more for sure. I've got two more. One's a mini one. Um, I think again when um, when things are like really jammed up, this one's been good for me. And a, and it came from a, a executive coach, but was really using um, like mini breaks during the day to to find refreshment and it reminds me a little hmm. bit of a Gogginsism. Um, yeah, an aid station. The aid station. It's the aid station. Yeah. Uh, his extreme version is I don't need to go on holidays because I use Yeah, he um, just has a shower. I yeah. have a shower and that's like an aid station. <laughs> guy's a lunatic. Um, but, yeah, I think. But it's cool. That in our world with triathlon, thinking, thinking of aid stations throughout the day is a really cool analogy. It is I like cool. that a lot. It is cool. And, and so I think, you know, when you're going back-to-back meetings and the like, just going, okay, I've got five minutes between this meeting and the next meeting. I'm not going to get through a couple of emails or do another task. I'm just actually going to go to the coffee line or the bathroom and give myself a brain break uh, mm. and just use that aid station. The funny thing is, again, that's where the you know the the, the brain breakout, the creativity, um, can often happen. But that one's totally. been a little useful one well, for me when you're super jammed. Yeah, and you think about that, right? In a race, like say we're doing a, a half Ironman, and and we've just spent thirty minutes swimming, and then two and a half hours on the bike, and we get to the run. Um, 
if we think we can just like punch through a half marathon without without stopping at an aid station to get like some nutrition or or like coke or or fuel or water like like we're almost guaranteeing uh, that we're going to cramp up or blow up or uh it was Jared said last night at the track that he detonated um <laughs> so um I think I, th- I think like knowing knowing that that you actually need to slow down at an aid station and get what you need in order to in order to keep running at the pace that you want to run. Yep. Like that's true in a race, but it's also true in a day and in a in, in a week. Like we actually need to slow down at certain times in the day to get what we need in order to keep running at the pace that we want to run at. Um, you can't just, yeah, you can't just like forsake all aid stations and try and just maximize every minute. Um, unfortunately it just, yeah, it's a great way to just, um, end up at the GP with work related stress, anxiety and, and on the road to burnout, which is kind of where I was in the last year. Yeah. I got um, one that may be a good one to close on, but um, I took note of the fact that you took umbrance to the concept of balance earlier. And (laughs) this one is like a reflection that I've had over recent years. And I know I'm a bit privileged to have a level of autonomy in my work and life, but I wonder if people um, would be better off thinking of not balance, but integration. So um, thinking about how your whole life just hangs together in an unstructured way. So my 24 hours that I talked about at the opener when I was um, doing the the mathematics, quite often for me that might look a bit unusual to, to, to some people, but, you know, it might start the night before by going to bed at 9 p.m., which allows me seven hours of sleep and to get up at 4 a.m., log on, do a bit of work, um, eat a couple of frogs uh, in, in the work basket, do a little bit of training, then actually, you know, see Kylie and the kids before getting to work, go to work, squeeze, you know, potentially another training session in, come home, have dinner, log back on, do a bit more work, and um, you know, and, you know, theoretically a little bit of relaxation time before going to bed, that is a mess of a day, um, for some people who would like that firm, you know, boundaries, but actually works really well for me because I like my work Mm. and, um, you know, I, I, I get to spend some time with the family at different points, um, that are kind of key kind of milestones in the day. And so, Mm that doesn't feel like balance so much as integration and just, um, you know, having it fit like that. Yeah. I think, I think the, the why is really important then. Right. So like, why do you work? And I think if it's just to earn money, which is a very real reason for a lot of people, then work-life balance is the mindset, right? Because you've got a boundary, this thing called work so that you can then live your life the way that you want outside of it. Um, but I'm like you, I don't really subscribe to this view and this might be like a super privileged perspective from a position of privilege. Um, but work for me is an expression of my values. Um, just Mm. like family and health are like I, I, how I turn up every day and how I add value is my life. Like it's life. And so I can sort of compartmentalize work and life in terms of where I am, like at the office or somewhere else, but I can't compartmentalize work and life in terms of who I am and why I am. Like it's, it's all an expression of my values. And so, um, yeah, it's probably why I resist the word balance because I'm not trying to put things on either side of the scale, uh, and, and have them equal in measure. Um, it, it's. It, I'm trying to just stick to things that 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 are an expression of my values, and therefore it's all good, and it's all fulfilling, and it's all enjoyable. 
And yes, I can't fit everything into a day, um, but um, but that's where the that's where the juggle becomes important, and, and not dropping the same ball two days in a row. Um, so yeah, I, I like the word integration heaps. Um, yeah, cool. You know what? I I, I feel I, I don't have any more kind of ideas for or principles for juggling life, but. I feel inspired to close for myself today by reflecting on the fact that I'm often a mess in this department and so often um, I'm just hugely reliant on Kylie keeping me and keeping our family together. And so my closing remarks today are, a shout out to my the love of my life um, and and how amazing a job she does in in keeping the the Davis family juggling life um, and you know me as part of that family. Um, I don't know why I'm feeling like at the end of this conversation that's an important thing to say, but um, if she's she, she sometimes listens. Um, we need to deduct one off the uh, numbers of listeners there, Greg. Um, but if she's listening, love you. Mat, mat. <laughs> that's awesome. Well said. And that's a great place to land. I love that. All righty. Well, we got a little bit of homework cool, to do. You've got some stressful 30%. Um, <sighs> yeah, you're stressed about it, aren't you? Don't worry. <laughs> Trust me. It's going to be good. And... Um, and I'm going to go home to, um, you know, pizza, pizza night, um, Friday night pizza night with the family and discuss our expectations of the weekend. Use my words. Hashtag use my words. That's great. I love that. <laughs> awesome, dude. And we got a, I'll we, see you in the morning yeah, for we, the ride. We've got a, a big bike ride tomorrow, which means we'll probably come up with some outrageous content for future episodes. Can't wait. Love it. See you in the morning, man. See ya. We hope today's conversation has provided you with some food for thought and a new perspective on how to make these middle years your best years. Remembering that midlife is not about crisis, it's about growth, transformation, and embracing the strength that comes from experience. Win the middle.